Hello, you freaky bastards. Oh, I like this Whoa. one. You like that one? She's doing a different intro every Whoa, that was, episode. Uh, that was rebellious. You like that one? <laughs> yeah. All right. You can't call them what you call me all the time, huh? DSL? <laughs> DLS? No, DLS. DLS. <laughs> Short for dirty little slut. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe they like when if I call them dirty little sluts. I think they like it a little uh, too much. <laughs> You didn't get some weird fan mail. <laughs> cool. So, uh, welcome to episode. Whatever. We lost track. Blank. Insert blank. <laughs> All right. Unlimited. This is Steffi Cohen. Hayden Bo. Alex Uslar. And today we're it's just us three. Us three just having a having a good time, having a good old chat. We're just kicking it. We're having a conversation we probably would have had anyway. Yeah. So we just decided to record it. Give you guys a, a bonus episode. This episode is going to be entirely fitness. Powerlifting, strongman, industry gossip. So giddy up. A lot of beefs here. A lot of questionable decisions uh, being made. And we're going to talk about them all. So it's time for the tea. It's time for Sit down. <laughs> sit down. Enjoy your tea. Enjoy this talk. With a side of chisme. With a side of chisme. Hey, listen up. Pay attention to this. What I'm about to say, all right? <laughs> this uh, podcast is sponsored by Go Strong Equipment. Go Strong Equipment manufactures strength equipment for anyone with your with your exact needs, desires, and dreams. They can put your logo on, your colors, whatever it is that you want. They can make a bench, a squat rack, a monolift, whatever you want, or anything else that you want. Pretty you, much, you like being you literally strong. can. If, if you if you can vision it, you got the money for it. They'll make it happen. They'll make it happen. You know, I watched uh, someone compared Ghost to like uh, the Mercedes. Of, mm. of powerlifting equipment. I see. You know what I mean? You can you can go to Rogue. You can get a Honda. Yeah. You, you can get a Honda Civic. You can be, you know, affordable, conservative. But we, we like them Benzes, baby. Yeah. You know what, though? <laughs> I think you take it one step farther. Because, Even further? Because you, you know what? Ferrari? I think they're like Rolls. Well, true, they're Rolls. Well, for, for Ferrari and Rolls, they're both very customizable. Like Ferraris, doesn't matter. Whatever you want to it. This in your interior, that to your interior, you know, they can make it happen. You got the money for it. That's yeah. right. No, yeah, no, no assembly line. Aren't like that. Yeah. No assembly line nonsense with Rolls and, yeah. and Ferrari. Well, what was up with that guy saying to them? The Benz. They're the freaking Ferraris and Rolls, baby. <laughs> yeah. Illegal can, it maybe is Mercedes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there you go. And there you go. Uh, yeah, Rogue. What's rogue? I don't know. Honda. Look, if you're <laughs> hey, reliable, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's reliable, solid yeah. all around, yeah. po- very popular. People like it. Yeah, yeah, all right. Affordable. Well, I'm against cost is affordable too. Hey, look, if you're like me, I judge people based on their squat racks. All right. If you have anything but a ghost strong equipment rack in your garage or your gym, you're punk. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Cool. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Sit back, relax, enjoy us rambling on about fitness industry gossip. All right. So what's the first topic for gossip? I think we might as well start it off with the big one that everyone's talking about right Ooh, now. Is this a purely gossip-based episode? It is. Yeah, Alex is way too loud in my ear. It is. Um, wrong yeah, that. so for anybody who's who's, you know, got that friend who's always up to date and knows all the cool stuff that's happening in fitness, this is your opportunity to be that cool friend. What, what do they call it in uh, Latin America, Steffi? A chisme? Chismoso. Chis- no, chisme. Uh, chisme. Chis- chisme is the, 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 the gossip. El right? chisme. El té. El té. <laughs> the tea. El nice. té con el hybrid crew. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, yeah. So for the listeners who aren't up to date on this, there's a, a beef going on between Thor and Eddie Hall. And basically... It's over the fact that Thor is trying to go for the deadlift world record, the strongman deadlift world record, which means pretty much anything goes, right? You can wear straps. Mm-hmm. You can wear a deadlift suit. suit. Yep. Um, I don't know what else you could use to help you, but uh, deadlift bar, mm-hmm. um, which is different from the elephant bar right. uh, world record. Um, and Eddie Hall is calling him out saying – that it shouldn't count because it's not in an actual competition. It's in his own gym. Uh, what else? I mean, we should also preface it with saying that they're not buddies to begin with. Right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think there's, <laughs> there might be a little bit of a rivalry going on there. Yeah. Um, but then Thor came back and said, you know, he's doing it with accredited judges in what fed. I'm not sure. Um, and then I also saw other people saying that, you know, 
when Eddie set the the record, there was a lot of things that were in his favor too mm-hmm. in the competition. Like they basically set up that competition so that he could go for that record, and they put that event in for him because he wanted to go for it. So it's like I don't know. It's 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 tough to debate with strongman because anything really goes. How is it going to be set up? Well, so here, here's so a week ago I did a Q and A on my Instagram, and everyone asked me what my opinion on it is, and I don't feel like I have a very strong opinion either way. But more and more people more involved in that space have been coming out. I just watched like a 20 minute long YouTube video that Brian Shaw did explaining some crazy things. So like the deadlift world record has been broken for years and years and years now in strongmen, but. It's always changing. There is no standard. It used to be like the deadlift world records were set on those bars that had buckets with literally like uh, rocks inside of it. Really? Like they, they, there's no calibrated rocks. They just more or less weighed it. And it was like a, like a more or less kind of weight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it evolved. Then when he, uh, I guess, uh, uh, Brian Shaw had the record back in like 2012 or 2013, he said he used a completely different kind of bar, which is like a thick bar. It wasn't an axle bar, but it was much thicker than a deadlift bar. There was no whip to it, uh, or there was some whip, but not the same amount. And they used some kind of plates that he described. And that was then kind of the standard for, um, for deadlift records then he had the all he had the the world record and then eddie hall came along and it's like it was constantly changing right like first it's freaking rocks then it's this other bar with these other plates and then eddie hall came along and wanted to do it with a deadlift bar and up until that point it hadn't been done with a deadlift bar and calibrated plates right so wait, who did eddie take the record from I, I know Brian had it for a while there, but I think then someone else had it and then Eddie ha- okay. and then Eddie took it. I just kind of briefly watched the video. So it's like the standard was kind of always evolving in what it was. And then apparently the, the, when when Eddie broke it, he used his own custom-made deadlift bar too. A custom Oki bar. I, I saw that too. deadlift bar, right? It might have been calibrated plates, but it's his own custom deadlift bar. That That's one thing that it's really funny he's accusing him of. He's like, he's using calibrated plates, but they're at his gym. They, they could be special calibrated place really bro you think that rogue made him rogue would have like you know risked their reputation sure. to make him under calibrated rogue plates no i don't think they do that yeah. you know what i mean um so like, yeah there's there's so many factors going into it and then then yes apparently the competition that eddie broke it in they knew he was going to break it. He wanted to. Brian Shaw said he was supposed to do that competition and decided not to because he wanted to set a PR for himself. He knew he wasn't going to beat Eddie, but he wanted to set a PR. And they had already predetermined the jumps for the deadlift based on what Eddie wanted to do. Uh, and it, and so ball, all the competitors had to hit the no same. No matter what. Yeah, you didn't get to choose wow. your weights. These are predetermined weights. And so the bar went from 465 kilos to 500 kilos. And like, you know, uh, anywhere in between. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, where everyone else would fall. Right. right? <laughs> Brian Shaw wanted to hit a PR of maybe, you know, maybe 470 or 480 or whatever it was. And he's like, I'm not going to just go you smoke that 465 and then be fucking pinned by 500 because it's his event. Right. Right. So. Well, like, I didn't know what, any what of that. Is stand- I know that was a really interesting video that I watched earlier. I, I had no idea. Because people were saying that that, 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 that event was set up to. To favor him, but I didn't know to that extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, but then Brian, then he, he didn't really take any sides. He he continued to say that he thinks that it does uh, to be a record. It needs to be done in a competition because of other competition circumstances. Like you're going against multiple competitors. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they're not going to end up taking that 500 kilo jump, it's manipulating times between attempts, right? Just like in powerlifting too. In a competition, you know, shit, you have a short flight. Oh man, you have a really long flight. You're not used to resting 23 minutes between your first and second attempt squat, but you have to. Um, all those kind of external circumstances kind of come into play that obviously aren't in your favor that obviously make it a little bit harder. You know, I, I can agree with that too, but it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. He, he planned on doing it in a competition, right? Yeah. That was his intentions. And then now this apocalypse has happened. He wants to put on a show. He wants to do something cool. Why not? It's tough. I mean, there's a few points that I think are important to make. One you know, we count these powerlifting records that are done in front of judges as being super legit because of that. And that's sort of the standard that Eddie wants to hold Thor to, it seems like. Right. But what about all these backyard feds where you can literally just pull someone out of the crowd 
right. and say, all right, you're a judge now. You know what a squat looks like. You know what a deadlift looks like. Right. Okay, whatever. You know, and then they're passing these lifts that really shouldn't be passed and they're counting as world records. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what, that, that is what's cool. It's not like he's literally setting up his phone on, on Instagram live and being like, yo guys, I'm about to hit some deadlifts and hit a session. It's, it's an event. I guess it's like some kind of company who, or event planning, whatever that was going to put on the event originally is now flying their crew there, flying a film crew, flying, uh, I forget the, the old famous strongman Icelandic judge. He's going to be oh, there yeah. judging, you know, so they're trying to make it as legitimate as possible as it would be in a competition. You know, it's not him setting up his, his camera there and just filming him deadlifting in his garage. But is the main concern that, that the event is not happening within a competition? I think, well, like I think the, so. What's the main thing? I think there's a couple. It, that's one of the things. And then Eddie was, Eddie was very convinced. And again, to my point, I, I don't, I don't see why he thinks that so much that he's like, he's, he's going to cheat it. It's, it's his gym. So he's going to cut out some of the metal and the weights and the weights are going to be weighed or correctly or, or something, you know, th- that, that'd be very hard to do. He also know? upset a lot of people because he said he didn't trust the Iceland, the whole, like basically anyone from Iceland. Oh yeah. yeah. But he retracted that after when, after people got upset. Yeah. But I think that, so that's one thing is that you're not subject to all the variables that would happen in competition. And then also the other thing was just the standards that are being upheld. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? At the end of the day, powerlifting, strongman, they're sports, but there's no like true governing body. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not like Olympic weightlifting. You're not setting a world record in Olympic weightlifting unless you're on a world stage. You know, that that it's always the same overlook in the just like any other Olympic sport. You're not gonna set a world record unless that the Olympics some world level event. If Steffi wanted during quarantine, if Steffi wanted to break a fucking all time world record right now, Mm -hmm. I can call up the people I know. I can pull a sanction, right? Mm-hmm. We have qualified judges. Mm-hmm. There's really no minimum people that need to be in a meet. I could put, I could throw together a meet of ten people if I wanted to. Remember that bench only meet I did? That APF bench only meet that was literally only ten people in the meet. You know, yeah. you could throw a ten person meet. We could throw a meet, and she could break all the the world records right now if she wanted to. You know, and yeah, would people be- kind of bat an eye to an extent? Yes. Is that done all the time though? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest issue that I see is the fact that it's not included within a full competition. It's like, it's as if I broke an all-time deadlift world record just pulling in a meet. Well, like not doing any. But you other. could pull it. You could break a deadlift only record like that. It, yeah, but, but he, it wouldn't be an all-time deadlift world record. The it deadlift would, is usually done meet. on the first day of competition. Like last uh, year at the Arnold, it was. It's usually the first event on the first day of competition. That changes things. It does. So like this year at the Arnold, it was on the second day of competition. And that's why Thor didn't go for that 500. Mm. There was 100K on the line for him to try that on that second day. Because they did, they had a, they had yeah. a deadlift event. And he, wow. he pulled was that Rogue 470. That yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And he pulled like 470. And then he was there. And Sebastian's like, do you want to go for it? Do you want to, you know, do you want to try to pull it? Everyone's like, you to try to pull it? And he's just like, nah. You know, it's not worth it. It's on the second day. I already, I've already done four events. You and know, won. when Eddie did it, it was the first event. And then he pulled out of the competition after that, I believe. I believe that's what I heard. He didn't even really? complete the competition. So he, was that, he was that fucked after a 500 kilo deadlift, right? He also so held look, it I mean, for like five fuck. minutes yeah. while he did an interview too. That probably didn't help. Look, yeah. this is this is what I think. And, and this ties to exactly what we we're talking to Chris Dauphin about, which is, look, you're preparing for this one thing, one event. Like what your body needs to go through in order for you to be peaked and ready to hit a thousand or a 500, 501 kilo deadlift is you know, extreme, right? So Mm -hmm. if he was ready to do it at the Arnold and because it was second day of competition, he couldn't do it. He still peaked. He's still training hard. I mean, I think it's totally reasonable for him to try to do it now that he's peaked and that he thinks he can get it. Well, after the Arnold, there was now a a second strongman event that was supposed to happen somewhere here in the middle of April that he was peaking specifically. He kept peaking his deadlift. Wasn't world's strongest man? Oh, no, but you're saying April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh It's somewhere, somewhere, I think, in Dubai, maybe one of those Dubai strongman competitions or something that was supposed to be like right now that he was going to go for that 500. He announced it before quarantine, before all of that, hype behind it, then it gets canceled. Right. So he's like, fuck, I'm training for that right now. I'm putting my body through that right now. I'm ready to do it right now. So I'm going to do it right now. But I, I I see the point of the slippery slope though, too, because it's like, okay, if anybody can just fly in some judges that, you know, people agree are qualified 
what's the incentive for anyone to compete in any of these big meets aside from cash prizes? You know, it's like, why would I go to the Arnold when I can just literally choose whenever I want to. That's true. To host a deadlift event or host whatever strongman event and peak for just that event and then break a world record in it, you know, it's all under my conditions. Don't have to worry about anyone throwing me a curveball. Don't have to worry about placing in other events and how, you know, not blowing my gas tank in this event so that I can do well in others. Like there's a lot of variables you just get to avoid. And then it kind of breaks up the sport. You know, if one guy does it, then right. okay, you know, everyone's going right. to go back to, to competing and whatever. But mm-hmm. if this becomes the norm, then I could see it being kind of a shit show. So I actually stopped the podcast because I had to come over or the, the YouTube video I was watching, uh, Brian Shaw's YouTube video. If you guys want to watch it, I watched like the first like 10, 12 minutes of it. It's 20 minutes long. Apparently, he was going to get to in the second half of it that it is now a recurring theme. That there now are other strong men saying, I guess I, I, I don't follow the world strong men that much. I don't remember their names, mm-hmm. but there's a strong man guy who now is going to break the log record mm-hmm. the same way. Some other strong man who wants to break the, the, the axle dumbbell friggin hip thrust. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now it's like they're like, oh, shit. Let, yeah, sure. We're in quarantine. We can't go to a competition. Let's just start doing these kind of exhibitions. So then it, it is changing the sport, right? It's evolving sure. and it's molding and it's changing it in a way that it's like that's not the way it's been. So it's kind of. And and, yeah. and if these are ca- counting, then they're not exhibitions. They're just right. one one man actual competitions that count. Mm-hmm. But it just it does totally change the sport. And I don't know. I mean, maybe if maybe if strong whoever is sort of like the accrediting record holding body is if there is one who, who's saying that these count is is allowing it just for this period of time when you know the whole world is in lockdown i think maybe that makes sense mm-hmm. but it i think they need to make it clear under what conditions this is going to be allowed and not allowed because right. if this just goes on forever and people can just break records however they want i right. don't you know no. what, what? here's where i think it's like the reason why like you know eddie is getting so angry about it and there's so much back and forth it's like if Steffi, if someone went and broke her deadlift record by one kilo, you know what I mean, in in less than ideal circumstances, she'd be kind of pissed off. But it's, she's it's going to push her to train harder, and she's going to plan in the next six months to oh, she just needs to hit a two kilo PR. It's doable. It's not like someone broke her record in unfair circumstances by fifty kilos. You know what I mean? But Eddie's retired now, right? He knows it's his legacy, and there's there, he can't get that legacy back. So I can see how there's a lot of emotion behind it, too. A lot of emotion behind it. Man, at the same time, it's like, that's bound to happen. It's not like Thor is that far. Be, you know, like, oh, he's yeah. going to... Yeah. I mean, you need to no, let it go, came, It's not man. like it came out of left field. You need yeah. to let it go. Like, well, what do you think? That, that record's never going to be broken? Records are meant to be broken. Sorry to sound cliche and cheesy, but, like, there will be someone that's going to be stronger than me at some you. point yeah. and better. You know, stronger than you. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, you can't yeah. be. Unfortunately. Yeah. That the time will come when someone will be better than me. And what am I going to be resentful towards that person? No, honestly, no. like if you're, yeah, a true, gonna, if you're a true fan of the sport, then you should be happy for the progress of the sport. Look, making. obviously part of me is going to feel sad that I don't hold it anymore, but I'm going to be cheering on from the stands when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I so, passing the torch is part of, of, uh, most careers. That is always how I see it. Like, look, the first time that I saw Brianni Terry competing, I saw something in her. I saw me in her. And that's why initially I reached out to her. I, I congratulated her about her performance. It was like her first year at the US Open. She was breaking world records. And I kind of had that feeling, right? Of like, okay, you know, not that my time has passed because I don't think I'm nearly close to being done, but kind of that same feeling of like being happy for someone who's getting started and succeeding and that passing the torch feeling of, or, or mentorship feeling instead of jealousy, anger, and resentment. I think you choose how you want to view the situation. And I'm not one to tell Eddie how he should act. You know, I'm actually, I'm friends with both and I'm not choosing any side in particular. I'm just voicing what my opinion is and kind of how I see both sides of the story. Um, anyway, I, I, I'm going in circles, but I think it's, it's inevitable that the record's going to be broken sooner rather than later or later rather than sooner at some point. And, um, I don't think it's something that should be held over Thor's head 
And look, I do agree with the point you guys were making about the separation of the sport. And if, if like people start just choosing, making, making up meets and choosing random federations and random competitions, always to break records that suit them based on proximity or based on, on timing, then that's kind of shitty because what I've always said is I, I love when, because there's so many feds, I love when, when everyone's schedules revolving the same meets and we can all meet up at this, at the same competitions and all and uh compete against each other i think that's uh, that's part of the fun of the sport not only for me as a com as a high level level competitor but from a spectator standpoint so just i mean think about it. if your goal is to make your sport more popular the last thing you want to do is dichotomize it and uh further make it more difficult for fans to be able to to, to spectate and 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 really watch a competitive atmosphere yeah i feel like strength sports are more popular than they've ever been you know maybe social media has a big impact on that um but i feel like if you let it go down that slippery slope that allows it to separate the sport then you're just taking steps backward you know at the end of the day like people are always going to do things that people aren't crazy about like i'll use the tom callis example right yeah he, he did squats people weren't happy about it but you know what he's he's still a good athlete he's still strong as fuck and he showed up in other circumstances and still performed and still did what he had to so yeah. it's like at the end of the day thor he, he wants to do this deadlift he can fucking do it. He's going to do it. But I, I don't doubt that because of how much hate and how much crap talked about it there is, he won't come back and break it even further at another time. You yeah. Know? Like think, he's just getting started. You yeah. Know? That'll and at the end the, of the day, he's only breaking it by one kilo. You know, he probably wants to try to set that, that standard of that bar even higher, you know? So it's like, let, let, let him have the win for now. Yeah. I think, I, I think that'll be, you. I think that'll be the real, uh, you know, this is a great, feet and if it you know if if it counts it counts and that's awesome too um but you're right i think he's probably got a lot more in him in his career and will you know that'll be the real kind of proving ground for him yeah. is what he can do beyond this and i think other guys too like there's a few other guys who aren't that far off you know some who else didn't a few people i can't remember their names i'm not as deep in the strongman world as power I, th I think literally i think at the arnold thor was the only one who pulled over a thousand on the elephant bar Really? Yeah, and then the, uh, Brian Shaw talked about that too. That now it's like the evolution of the elephant bar has only been around since the thing since 2016 or 20, 2017, which mm -hmm. then changes even more. Have you seen? So it's like there's no that that's what's crazy about strongman. There is no true standard. There is no true, true. you know guideline of what is and what isn't. So it's like you know what if if the lines are already so fucking skewed, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Well, have you seen have you seen that uh, IPF lifter turned strongman? <laughs> No, Luke Richardson. Oh yeah, dude, that guy might be unit. Yeah, that kid is a unit. Dude. That guy was yeah. a freak as a natty IPF lifter. Yeah, now he's he's full full on into into strongman. Yeah, and and he's young too. And he's, he's young too. And man, yeah. I think he was doing reps with like four hundred kilos. No more. I think he did reps with nine hundred pounds. Yeah, I think he did like rep. I think I saw him rep four hundred kilos on an axle bar. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Yeah, dude. that's insane. That's nuts. So I, I think that kid is like a dark horse that we might see. You know, I, I don't know much about it. Like it takes how, years how, to evolve. Thor's been doing it for years. Yeah, that's He's been doing it for years. What's his name? Fernando said three Olympic cycles is what it takes a weightlifter to reach their yeah their peak. Their peak. So, I mean, yeah, that guy's got got a, a lot of time ahead of him. I mean, I think he, we might see him do some damage. I don't know how good he is in like the rest of strongman because I don't follow it as closely. But damn. The deadlift is definitely insane. Um, what else we got here for gossip? The USAPL thing that's been going down. Did you look more into that at all? I saw. No, I'm still so confused about it. Like so. So this is this is what initially came out that everybody freaked out about was that apparently the US, USAPL was threatening to ban lifters who were contacting them requesting their money back for meets that have been canceled because of the coronavirus mm -hmm. or like probably like a, a talking to their bank and like getting back charges or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, I didn't hear anything from anyone inside USAPL, but I did have, I threw, I put that up in my story uh, on Instagram and asked if that was, you know, if that was really happening and a bunch of people came forward with uh, stories of either them or, or people they knew who had, who had been threatened uh, to be banned for, for, I don't know if it was just like the way they went about requesting it or, uh, if the USAPL said, you know, 
look, we don't have an answer for you yet, but we're right. going to get back to you. But um, Or I wonder if it was individual aggressive meat directors perhaps as well. So what came out, uh, what someone actually sent to me after was uh, a notice that um, it, it was something in the rules from USAPL. It wasn't, it wasn't somebody at USAPL who, who sent me it, but it said that refunds are up to the discretion of the meat director. It didn't say anything about bans, but basically mm-hmm. either that um, you they can choose to refund people for their money or refund people's money for meats that uh, have been canceled, or they can choose to hold on to that if they plan to have that meat Rescheduled still happen within 2020. Right. So, I mean, I feel like it gives people a lot of wiggle room. You could just say that you're going to throw the meat in 2020 and then you wait it out till December right. 31st. Or, or, they, or, they do, or, or they do still throw the meat, but that person is already like, well, that messed up my calendar because now I want to do X meat on X day and I've yeah. already signed up for X meat on X day, you know, so it doesn't work for me anymore. Give me my money back. It It's a crazy scenario all around. Everyone is taking huge financial hits no matter what business it is. And it's like some of it is just kind of understanding that it is what it is. Like those meat directors, yes, they have all that money in their bank account, but where they're at an advantage over so many other suffering businesses is they haven't had to put on that event yet. They haven't mm-hmm. had to undergo the expenses that go into that event. So, you know, like, it's not like you're at a loss. Mm -hmm. You're not. So it's like that money that's in your bank account that you got from that registration, which you shouldn't have fucking spent yet, you know, return it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. It it should be at the discretion of the individual, not the meat director. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. In a scenario like the USAPL, they're, they're a huge governing body. They have their rules. They are very strong and strict by their rules. They make statements on XYZ all the time. They should have came out right away, made a statement and enforced it for their employees and their workers who are meat directors, you know, Mm -hmm. and the meat director doesn't have a choice whether they want X or not. Yeah, hold on. Let's take a quick break. We're in a second. And we're back. So we were talking about USAPL Nationals. Or not USAPL Nationals, sorry. Just USPLA in general and uh, <laughs> refunds, whether or not they're happening or not. So I did see one piece, um, one notice that USAPL put out where they said specifically for collegiate nationals, which has been uh, canceled, they are giving people a time frame where if they request a refund within that time frame, they'll they'll give people their money back. Otherwise, they can use it as a credit going forward uh, for other events. But then also that credit, so that's where like things get skewed because like that credit is then for probably has to be for a national level USAPL meet. At the end of the day, you paid the national office. So like there was a meet coming up on uh, here in South Florida on April 6th. Um, that was, uh, I think, the state championships or something. I had like four or five of my USAPL athletes that were going to do it. One of them came in, right? Hadn't signed up. This was while little by little quarantine was happening. And the meet director for Florida, right? who's known as a big business guy down here, big <laughs> business guy. He, he runs, he, he runs huge meets down here. He's a higher up in IPF and he makes good money from the sport. He came and had it registered for the meet. This guy was still advertising online. The meet is still happening. The meet is still happening. It was happening at Nova university in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. All universities get closed. All right. This was, this was uh-huh. uh, the end of March. So little by little we were shutting down. Right. And, um, He's like, don't worry, guys. It's still happening. I'm finding a backup venue. Seven spots left. Sign up. The next day, six spots left. Everyone, it's still happening. still happening. Everyone's like, well, where is it happening? You know what I mean? Right. Cayman then called him on a Sunday. And I was like, Cayman, why haven't you even registered yet? Everyone's been registered for months. He's like, he's like, I'm black. I- I'm cautious about things. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Cayman. All right. That's what you said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I love him. He's like, he's like, you never know what's going to happen. He's like, maybe I won't compete. Maybe, you know, I, I tear something. I pop my quad. I wait till the last friggin' minute to pay. Because a lot of meets, like, you, you pay, you get hurt. You're out of luck. Yeah. Your money's gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I like his strategy. He literally yeah. he waited till the last minute. He called him. He's like, is this meet really happening? He's like, Cayman, why haven't you signed up? You're going to win this meet. You have to go sign up right now. He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. It seems like he's like, he's like, I promise you this meet's happening. This meet's happening. 
That was on a Sunday. The next day, everyone's like, where's this new venue? He's like, I'm ironing it all out. Don't worry, people. Five spots left. It's happening. He kept saying this, pushing it off. And I was like, this meet's not happening. This meet's not happening. A bunch of kids at the hybrid are supposed to do that meet. He was still trying to push spots, still trying to push spots. And finally, he announced, like, uh, I think around March 25th or something. So, like, 10 days before the meet. Well, yes, due to now the intense quarantines, the meet is now postponed. Oof. And everyone and came and hit him up. I was like, so what's up? Where's my money? He's like, it'll credit you towards the next meet. And it's like, damn, like you were literally promising people it was still happening while this quarantine was happening and he is not refunding anyone. A bunch of the kids at hybrid are super pissed about it. Mm. Uh, they're, they're like going through PayPal, you know, getting their trying to request their money back from PayPal. And he's like, don't worry. It will credit you towards another meet, but it's another one of his meets. Like we're hosting USAPL meet over the summer, and right? With a different meet director, oh, wow. David Garcia from Texas. And they're like, well, I wanted to credit towards that meet. Doesn't work that way because the, the money is in this other guy's bank account. You wow. know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. I see. Damn, that causes a lot of friction. It causes so much friction because then people wanted still to do our meet instead. Now our meet's going to be here. This guy's probably going to try to push his meet around our meet. It's, it's, it's a disaster. It's interesting. It, it looks like it's set up to protect the meat directors over the uh, competitors, which, okay, would maybe make sense, except for the fact, like you said, especially these meats that are, are farther out, people haven't, the meat directors haven't spent the money yet, or they right. shouldn't have. Right. You know, it's like how, and, and how much really... Do you need to spend prematurely because it's a big profit. There's a lot of profits we made in meats. And I'm sure a lot of these are being held in gyms. So you're not renting a space. You know, sometimes you are, but a lot of times you're not. So what'd you pay for a banner? Right. This is is something that I, on that subject, just in a big picture that I don't agree with is also all these meats then just postpone, postpone. We don't know when, but we're going to postpone it. We're going to postpone it. Now you're just destroying the whole calendar. You know what I mean? You should cancel that meet, refund that money, be like, but don't worry. My next meet is in July. Go do the meet that I had planned in July that I do every July. The US Open is known as a meet in spring. Now it's in November. So what are they going to do? Are they going to turn around and then now still have it in spring next year? Same thing with the Arnold. The Arnold's like, don't worry. We're going to postpone it. Really? You're going to plan the biggest event that takes more than a year to plan for later this year and then turn around and have it again four months later? These events should just be X'd, canceled. Understand during this time, life is canceled right now. Mm -hmm. We'll pick back up with the plans that we had for later this year as they are. Yeah. You know? Because then it's just everything piling on top of everything. Everyone Mm -hmm. is is creating too much chaos, is creating too much much conflict in things we had to can't we decided to just completely push our event until november right because then god knows who knows the 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 arnold could be in november now the u.s open is in november 20 other things in november and they're all battling and fighting with these events that were already predetermined to be at that time now these events are supposed to be at this time now at that time it's i was honestly fair. i was honestly surprised that they actually announced that the u.s open was moved to november and only asked us afterwards if we were cool with it you know he the guy emailed me that's bullshit he emailed Sorry. me the morning that they announced it i didn't respond back to that email and three hours later they announced it so i guess he did email me before but i don't think if i had responded that it would have changed anything but it is what it I is i mean but what if know? we were still hosting november you think they would have changed their date? At that point, they were committed. Yeah. Apparently, they, apparently, they, apparently they didn't know. And the way that they found out is they were on a phone con, uh, conversation with Tim. And Tim told them. Because they're like, oh, we're moving to November. He's like, do you know what's in November? Hybrid's doing something in November. They're like, oh. But yeah. yeah, it is what it is. I mean, that's what happens when you, you're you trying to push an event that is supposed to be at a certain time of year now at a different time of year. And you're just because you're going to mess up your business and your model of uh, running things indefinitely now. Because look, Alex, mm. how do we decide when we're going to host a meet? We literally sit down look at and, the calendar. and we're conscious about what everyone else is doing, not only for the athletes, but for respect yep. for other meet directors and other businesses right. who are hosting those meets. Right. So I'm like, okay, so, okay, wait, Dan and Sparkle are hosting boss of bosses. That's usually in August. Record breakers is usually in November. We chose November because that meet got canceled. It's not happening anymore. U.S. Open is in April. We're not going to do it in April. Well, if we do it in Jen, we literally go through every mm-hmm. single meet that happens and we think about when we can insert hours that won't mess up anyone's meat but yeah we also don't ever make decisions based on fear or stress or impulse you know like right we are we're not we'll throw this event whenever we're going to throw the event and it's going to crush because we know that we're going to do it the way we want to do it you know so i I think a lot of people are just 
are scrambling now and maybe making impulsive impulse decisions, decisions yeah. and just trying to get something up on a calendar. And uh, I mean, I, I don't think that's obviously the the best way to go about it. Because at the end of the day, we also don't know. We don't know if you're this could still be going November. November, right? Yeah. And then what are you doing? You now you pushed everyone to train for that. You push people to now register for something in November. It's like sure we could try to have an an idea, you know. But I, I just think that like, like everything that happened starting in March till end of June. Canceled. Yeah. I'm predetermining yeah. it. Give people money back for freaking no matter what it was. If it was a, a freaking porn expo, give them their <laughs> money back. Porn's canceled. Free Pornhub through uh, quarantine. All right. That was epic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, well, I don't know why I thought of a porn I expo. Mean, I've that- never been to one, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot in Miami, though. There's one in Miami Beach every year, erotica or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why do you know that? Uh, I was in Miami. <laughs> I mean, yeah, your comment was epic, but it was also epic that Pornhub gave free porn. Oh, yeah. They started just with, uh, was it Italy or Spain? Who was the one that got hit the really hard? That did the first, like, I think lockdown, Italy. Lockdown. I think it was Italy first. Yeah. So, yeah, they did it for them, and then they just made it worldwide. <laughs> That's hilarious. But it's also, it's, only also, it's also only free for a week. I looked into it. i mean hey there's a lot of hours in a week you get get a lot of a lot of content covered then oh man um but yeah i mean that's exactly why we i mean i just think nobody should be accepting money for any event right now because we have no idea what's going to happen every single expert has a different opinion of how long it's going to take to resolve the whole issue with coronavirus so it's like just wait or we should all just keep uh, coordinating one man competitions to break every single world record ever. <laughs> yeah, I down. Guess. Let's get some fake <laughs> plates made up. I'll break some world records. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, since we're on the topic of expos and all that stuff, uh, what ended up happening with the Arnold? I feel like everyone just kind of forgot about that because this got so serious, but. Uh, you were we the, you, didn't talk about Kratos, really. We can circle we'll, back. We'll, we'll circle back. We'll circle back. Yeah. We're on Expos now. Yeah. Because okay. the Arnold's is relevant to this. I'm pretty sure they practically, because I guess tickets were bought through Ticketmaster. Mm-hmm. And Ticketmaster, you know, they're a huge company. They figured that out right away. And they started refunding, because they knew it was canceled, refunding spectators for those tickets. So spectators, I think, already had their money back. And in the grand scheme of things, it's very small. A weekend pass for the Arnold is so cheap. It's like the, it's one of the cheapest expos ever. So they, pump, they pump way too many people in there. Yeah, you know, it's I, like I, over 200000 Yeah, I, I, it's like 60, 70 bucks for the weekend. They should charge like five hundred dollars for the weekend and then limit how many people can go in there yeah i like, agree with you fuck man or at least have one day like that i think that's a great idea because it's just mm-hmm. it's unbearable have like a, a the sunday is vip day you have to pay 500 bucks to get in sunday and only freaking t- twenty thousand people instead of two hundred thousand well, that, that's how you end up with all the real fans too instead of the people who go come up to our booth and go, oh my God, Sturfy Cohen, you're my favorite bodybuilder. True story. That has happened, actually. Well, and then everyone thinks I'm Hayden Bo too. That also happens. The year you weren't at the Arnold, probably 10 or 15 times I got asked that. Oh my God. Oh, man. You guys look nothing like Nothing alike, dude. Yeah, it's it's just the pretend fans, you know? Or like, didn't a lot of people come up to you because they had seen like, um, like just promo material, I guess, posted about your deadlift? the year that you squatted and they're like, Oh, I saw, I just watched you do that cool deadlift. And you're like, I squatted. (laughs) You didn't see anything. You're a liar. (laughs) But so, so they refunded the money to spectators. What they're doing is little by little. I got an email probably two or three weeks ago. And, but then I actually, I asked some of our other friend companies and they hadn't received the email yet. So, I mean, I can, I can imagine it's a very long, hard process, Mm -hmm. but the way they're trying to make good on it for vendors, like, our booth was five grand. You know, it's it's not it's not dirt cheap to have a booth at the Arnold. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of startup companies, five grand is a huge upfront cost for them. You know, like we'll, we'll look at startup companies like uh, Grip Genie. They, their booth was sixty grand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, but like unestablished companies, they, they just started six months ago. They scraped together pennies. They got loans because they haven't even profited five grand yet. You know, uh-huh. and they spent that money on that. So they're reaching out to people. They're either they're saying, "Look, you want a full refund? Okay, we have to give you a full refund, or we can credit you to next year, and we'll give you a seven hundred fifty dollar refund." So that's like what is it, fifteen like percent? About 15% uh, a refund of it, and you have full credit that you would pay $5,000 the next year anyway. So they're just giving you 15% in pocket. 
I essentially see. gets to hold on to your money for a year. So it's, like, it's like an kind interest of giving payment. An interest, kind of giving an interest yeah. payment. Okay. Um, and then offering discounts then for 2022 and 2023. If you if you agree to that option, if you let them hold your money now, they'll give you fifteen percent, and then give you a discount for the next two years after that. That's not too bad. I, I think that's pretty smart from a, from a business aspect because they they don't want to have to refund all that money because right. yeah. that is now coming out of their pocket because they did have expenses that go yes. into this. It was down to the the wire of that event. You yeah. know, it's going to be regardless that next next year is going to be a huge hit for them because they aren't getting the money from those booths. But it's like it's in the interest of because it is still a great event. It was not their fault. You know, mm, you right. people like supporting that event. They want that event to keep going on. Let them hold on to your money. You get a 15% back and then now you're going to have discounts going forward. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that was a really good business move and model that they came up with. People weren't happy that they didn't have answers overnight, but it's like, fuck. They had to think about it and come up with a plan. Yeah. That that, that's not going to completely bankrupt them and then be that they're going to be able to continue having the event offering whatever they offer. And you know, that's probably what they calculated and came up with. And I think that that's pretty good and that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's not bad. I think, uh, like you said, whenever there's money involved, people want answers immediately, and also mm-hmm. their emotions are super heightened. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so. emotions are heightened at this time. Of but they also have to realize it's like year. this is not some random dude you met on the side of the road that you slipped him two G's to go grab <laughs> something from his car around the corner, and you hope <laughs> he comes back. Right. This is a huge, huge event, a huge company. They're not going to take your money and run away to Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> they're not people. So yeah, just yeah, take yeah. I mean, a chill pill. Fire festival. You know, like th- think of it like if that money's in your bank account, you're probably not going to use it right now anyway. Yeah, you know, so just freaking chill, man. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm sure the reputation of the Arnold is more important to them than however much money anybody spent on a booth. Yeah, you know what I mean. So they're looking out for themselves. It's in their best interest to keep people happy because they want to keep this event going exactly. forever. You know, so at the end of the day, it's not their fault. <laughs> no, it's not. as much as we wanted to blame them, it's it's not. I know it's tough, and, and I think people may, should be at least now a little bit more understanding because uh, we understand how serious the situation is. There wasn't as much. Uh, information back then, you know, we literally half the the country was thinking it was a hoax still, you know, now if you say it's a hoax, you're, you might as well be a flat earther. But back then it was, you know, we didn't have the same sort of access to the information, but uh, speaking, I mean, we touched on, we had access to information, but people were being skeptical and immature. I don't think so. I don't think it was out yet. Like, I don't think, I don't think it was as obvious yet. You're a bit of a hypochondriac and you care a lot about that sort of thing. And I think whether it was a hoax or not, you would have had the same reaction, you know, but Mm -hmm. look at, well, there's a lot of people who are intelligent who, you know, didn't, didn't understand the impact that this was going to have. Nobody did. Um, but you know, now it's a little clearer and I think we can understand why the Arnold was canceled. (laughs) So, um, I don't know. I guess we can piggyback off of that. We touched on a little bit with with Kratos, but we uh, we ended up postponing it to yeah, for, 2021. For, for anyone who doesn't know, <clears throat> the Kratos is an event that we were planning for this year, um, essentially to unify the iron iron sports community. Uh, the goal is to have weightlifters, powerlifters, strongmen, potentially CrossFitters, all under the same roof, mm-hmm. um, and you know make this experience really focus on making the athletes feel good and professional mm-hmm. and making the spectators or helping the making a fun environment for us uh, spectators to to come in and watch and and interact with with athletes and yeah, so and companies that are relevant so both athletes and spectators feel like they're at a legitimate sporting event exactly not something that people slap together as as you know cheaply as possible Exactly. So, you know, there's, there's already been a lot of planning involved, a lot of brainstorming. We have, we found the venue, we have the, the, the floor plans. We have a list of companies we want to work with. I actually already started personally reaching out to those vendors. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, honestly, it's been really hard to even get answers because of how uncertain the situation right now is Mm -hmm. with everything going on. So for me, like even not only the uncertainty of not knowing whether or not we would be able to have the event in November, but just the, the feedback I got from vendors was 
obviously not what I was expecting and understandably so. I mean, the, yeah. no, I don't think anyone is, is in a position right now to invest any sort of money in an event that they don't know even if if will be able to happen. So no, that's, that's when it's important for, uh, for, uh, athletes to understand. It's like when we put on an event like this, it's not strictly a competition. It's a competition and an expo mm-hmm. them as the athletes might've been wanting to compete and they can still drop the under $200 for registration <laughs> to compete. But it's like at the end of the day, we need to look at every party involved and understand mm-hmm. that those companies, those companies are suffering. You might be able to afford it as an athlete, but we have to look out for the best interest of the companies that we want involved in representing the event as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And make sure that we make a profit because, uh, yeah. uh an, ev- an event of that magnitude is extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm happy to, to take on the risk and I'm happy to be able to be in a position to offer this kind of event for athletes, vendors, and spectators. But obviously we need to cover all of our bases. And I think that the responsible thing to do was to postpone the event for next year, which, you know, it's silver lining. Like I think in the grand scheme of things, it just gives us more time to prepare, to brainstorm, to reach out to more, to more companies, to bigger companies, Mm -hmm. uh, and to let everyone recover, to let the economy recover, you know, let vendors get back on their feet and just wait for the, for the situation to hopefully normalize by then. And, and uh, having an, an even stronger and bigger and more successful uh, expo to put up. So I'm excited. Um, I think it's going to be epic. Kratos 2021, Miami, Florida, Winwood Design District, 45,000 mm-hmm. square feet venue, 100, 100 uh, vendors or more. Maybe, maybe we even make it bigger. Almost 600 athletes. That's our starting point. And uh, it's really exciting. And Hopefully by next year, everything will be settled out. Yeah, definitely follow the uh, the Instagram for Kratos uh, because that's where we're going to put out all of the official updates. Anything you hear that doesn't come from, from that uh, page is hearsay or speculation. So if you want the real deets, just follow at Kratos Expo on Instagram. Yeah. What else we got, guys? What's going on? UFC? Some interesting stuff going on with the UFC. Did they buy an island? Yeah, so that was the... Wait, 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 what? Yeah, so this was the rumor. So apparently... Pimps, dude. So Dana White uh, did a few things. First of all, he... uh, They canceled the uh, UFC event, and then... The second one they've had to cancel, yeah? Yeah, well, and then... So they said there was going to be another one April 16th, which is, you know, obviously coming up, and um, Dana was like, no, we're going to have this event. We're going to figure it out. We're going to, you know... We're going to not let spectators in. We're going to do X, Y, Z. They were talking about flying the athletes to an island that they were going to purchase. That's so gangster. Yeah. Just so that it was isolated. And I guess probably everyone would have to be tested for coronavirus prior to to coming. Uh, And they were going to host it there. But uh, he he, he, they announced it. They put all the promo material out and everything. And then someone else shut him down. Dana White got overruled. So that just came out recently. Someone else in the UFC or government? I don't know. If don't it, know. I don't know if it was some sort of like uh, commissioning body or, or I mean, usually they have to like when they throw events in Las Vegas, it's the Las Vegas Athletic Commission that determines rules. And it's the individual state athletic commissions that determine whether or not uh, mixed martial arts events are even allowed. Like some states don't allow mm-hmm. it. So um, <clears throat> I don't know if you're buying a private island who's like right. who's governing that. Right. Or if that was for the next UFC event or what he's going to do there. But I think overall, that's just a pretty gangster move. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that's just so cool. You just, and you forget the ring. You just put them on this island. It's like, it's like, it's like Hunger Games. Survivor. Yeah, right? The Hunger Games, but, but no weapons allowed. Let's turn UFC fighters into even bigger animals than they already are. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, there's some some of those guys like put Cowboy Cerrone out there. He's a real cowboy. Yeah. You know, he might he might do pretty well. It might be a different game. Put Jorge Masvidal there. He's a Miamier. He's a survival. You understand well, what I'm saying? Put put he'll it, figure put, it out. He, he's he's Cuban. There's an island that he he'd be right, yeah. right at home in. Go swim his ass back to Miami. <laughs> figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got anything else? I mean, obviously, we we have a whole podcast with Chris Duffin, but you know, just give him another shout out here. Congrats on uh, the the accomplishment with Grand Goals. For those of you who don't know, his goal was to be the first and only person to both squat and deadlift a thousand pounds for reps, and he just did that the other day. 
posted a pretty emotional video. I think we had, did you all see that? And he did it on a ghost strong combo rack. Yeah. Was it on a ghost strong combo <laughs> yeah, rack? Yeah. Wow. Shout Tim's out to blowing ghost. up, man. He's getting in everywhere. Dude, yeah. he is literally everywhere. everywhere. I cannot yeah. believe it. I can't believe it. He just signed Danny. He just signed Danny. I saw that. Jamal. And Jamal Brown. Jamal. Yeah. I've seen a few other big, big names pop mm-hmm. up. And uh, I mean, it doesn't look like business is slowing down for them through this whole thing. It's like, no. I guess people are ordering stuff. Their- he, he, yeah, he told me that they're still open. It's hard for them to keep up with the amount of demand because they still have their regular stuff to to deal with as well. Good and problem like, to have. They're, like, they, they manufacture everything pretty much themselves, except like some things like bench pads. Right. He doesn't create the bench pads. Mm-hmm. He outsources that. And he just found out his bench pad distributors closed for like five weeks. Oh, you know. <sighs> But he's trying to do everything he can to keep keep cranking out, keep rolling out. That's up. Well, hey, monoliths don't need bench bench pads. There you go. Get your squat up. Start training. On Get your monolith from your garage gym. <laughs> Damn. Oh, the um, WWE is still having um, matches, but they are happening in the performance center. Here in Florida, mm, right? I heard that they're happening in the performance center in Florida with no spectators. You imagine, but they're how filming them, they're and filming they're broad, them, they're being broadcast. They are, and you know, pay per view, whatever. I think yeah, that's yeah, how they're yeah. making some money. But do you imagine as a, as a wrestler, just <laughs> your whole career is about entertaining people, spectators, yeah. and like the, yeah, the atmosphere, yeah, yeah. You're and you're just, just going yeah, there? Yeah, it's different. UFC doesn't matter. You're, you're fucking tunnel vision. Yeah. Your, your goal is to kill this guy. Uh, yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, wrestling, your goal is to freaking strut your stuff. Yeah. Strut your stuff, you know? I mean, UFC is entertainment too, but it's a sport. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you could play a hockey game or a soccer game without a crowd. You can max out yeah. without a crowd. Where your goal, yeah. your goal is to win as an athlete and your secondary goal is like, I hope I entertain people so they want to see, keep well, see me look, fighting. But WWE think, is all entertainment. Yes. Yeah. I actually, you know, I take it back. I do think that it would negatively impart, impair performance in any sport. Because you feed off the crowd of the energy of the crowd. What right? if the like, crowd's think, not in your, on your side, though? What if you're the guy the crowd hates? Doesn't matter. Then you also you use that to fuel your fire. I think UFC is like, but, one, of the, like one of the things that like it feeds off of the least. When you're fighting, you don't think of anything else. You know, your eyes are just seeing one. Yeah, there's thing. a guy trying to knock your head off. You have no idea yeah. what's going on in the crowd. Yeah. Right, like that's you're all, you're not looking yeah. around like, come on, guys, cheer yeah. me on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. But, but other things, even powerlifting, when you're going up to yeah. the bar, you know, you're that looking makes a around, huge this, that, and the other, you that know, because you have calm before the storm, you yeah. know? Yeah, I think that makes a or huge difference. Or if you're hating difference. calm before the calm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a celebrator. Okay, bye. Yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, that, I think we covered, that's a lot of topics right there. You yeah. know, until next time, that was uh, our fitness gossip episode, episode number whatever. We lost track. We lost track. Too no many. time, no episodes, no nothing. It's yeah. because I blame the quarantine, man. I don't know what time it is, what day it is, what month it is. Year. What year even? Planet. Not even. <laughs> no idea. All right. Anyways. But anyways, but anyways. that's the Gucci gang shit. <laughs> you know the motherfucking vibes? <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Bye. Cheers.